0: Transmission by me, Donald Make me an island. Hello and welcome to the show. You're listening to Make Me an Island of Ireland with me, Donald Dineen. For this, the 39th episode, we are setting sail for somewhere slightly different. So step aboard everyone, there's a scene to be set. Back in December, when we could still move around, thanks to the government live performance support scheme, the Kino in Cork invited us to host a couple of shows in that special room of theirs. Mindful of the fact that it was a cinema in a previous life, top of our wish list of interviewees was the singular filmmaker and proud Corkman, Pat Collins. Delighted to say that that particular dream came true. Pat's staggering body of work includes 30 films, so we decided to concentrate our conversation on just three. His definitive film on Shanos from 2017, Song of Granite, a forthcoming documentary on folklorist Henry Glassy, and a work in progress documenting the groundbreaking Michael Keegan Dolan and Tock Dowsett dance production, Mam. Pushing us even further into dreamtime on this show, Pat and I shared the stage with a musician whose work I have been following very closely for some time. Elaine Howley from The Altered Hours has been making brilliant music in other collaborative groups like Crevice and Hellbox, but her stunning solo work has been among the most welcome soundwaves to hit our ears this past year. Before we kick off, I want to thank Fran on Live Sound and Joe, Ed and everyone else in the keynote for looking after us so well as is their style. Thanks to Ian Codmore on production and miscellaneous other supports. Thanks to our patrons for making all this possible. You can help the war effort over on Patreon. I started at the very beginning by asking Pat how and when he began.
1: I think I was in my late 20s or I was maybe 30 even before my first i made my first film so all all through the 20s i think i was i was living in in galway and and uh, working on film west magazine and and programming the the uh, galway film Fla. yeah so um but it took it took me a long time to get i think maybe from i was in my early 20s i kind of wanted to work in film but it took me all through my 20s to figure out yeah how to do it, or whether I, I you know, um, yeah. I think the first documentary I made was on, on Michael Hartnett, the, the poet, yeah, and um, and that 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 kind of set me on my way, I think. And and uh, and I suppose it was, it, it was uh, in a, in, a, in a way, I think that was funded by about four or five different people and and for, or different organizations, so nobody really had a big stake in it, and nobody mm-hmm. could kind of say. You know, it should be made this way or that way. So I kind of found my own yeah. um, style, maybe through that. And yeah. uh, but, I, but I really didn't know anything about film making. Donald Gilligan was the cameraman, and and Gordon Brick from Kerry was the editor. And, and I learned a lot from them. You know, just yeah. working with them and um, and the producer Dave Power. We were just kind of learning it as as, as we were going and, and on. So you know,
0: in, inadvertently in that experience, you. Sort of, were given more freedom than you probably would normally have on a first project. Or?
1: Exactly, yeah. So I yeah. didn't when, when I when I was making the second documentary, I,
0: I could kind of sh- which one was that?
1: That was a, a one called Talking to the Date. That was about the Irish funeral tradition. Yeah, and that was funded by the Irish Film Board and, and RTÉ, and and that was kind of so. Once I the Michael Hartnett documentary made, I could actually. Pointed at and say this is the kind yeah. of thing I do, and and yeah. uh, so then it was it was a kind of a it was it was made it easier then to kind of just to, to, mm-hmm. to make my other films, I suppose you know. But I, I don't think I mean, it's it's fun like cinema wouldn't have been a big thing for me growing up. I you know would you know I wouldn't have gone to the cinema or anything. Yeah. You know, it was twelve miles away and we'd no car, so it was kind of. Yeah. I think I was in the cinema once before I was fifteen, so yeah. it was kind of television would probably have been a much. Television and music, I suppose, would have yeah. the thing that would have been uh, more important to me. But and
0: then, uh, through my twenties, was all about kind of learning about cinema. Yeah, you know. and so the storytelling aspect um, would that have been sort of uh, come to you through music, or was that where you received, or would you would you have read a lot, or, or no? I mean, I, I, I really I can't remember reading
1: when I was young. You know, um, yeah. I I, I, re- I remember reading. Uh, uh, my older brothers were, were big into Bob Dylan and, and uh, I was the youngest in the family, so maybe... I remember reading biographies of Bob Dylan when mm-hmm. I was you know, in my teens, but uh, but it was it was music, uh, really, that yeah. was the kind of the, the, the major thing, I yeah. think, at that time. You know, t- to the point where it, it was... Uh, I, I thought it was kind of an amazing time, I suppose, in the late 70s and kind of early... going to the early 80s, the mix of music that was available.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I... I, I um, Remember kind of you know you you could be into the into the wolf tones and you could be into the sex pistols at the same time you know <laughs> I remember like I remember myself and my sister buying uh, God Save the queen in in a record shop in Skibreen, like in seventy seven was and I was only made it
0: home alive
1: <laughs> but I, I, it was I was only ten and it was I was buying it probably for for my older brother but yeah I remember being embarrassed about the fact, you know, that's, that yeah. the, the sex was in the title, you know, and and I remember, I remember thinking the record shop was very dark, <laughs> and I was half afraid, but you're still buying the the yeah. the, the, um, the the sex pistols. But you know, I, I kept a diary at that time when I was like twelve, thirteen that way. And uh, but it it'd be you know, I, again, I suppose you know the the, the my older brother Vince uh, was huge, into, like there was like twenty Bob Dylan albums at home, yeah. so it was kind of. You know, the diary entries saying, you know, I was sick yesterday. I spent all day listening to to Bob Dylan. But then the next entry could be, you know, I I put on the Wolf Tones last night, like uh, happy memories.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So even at like 12, I was being nostalgic
1: for the Wolf Tones.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I guess it's good. I think too. Uh, you were you were saying this earlier about acknowledging those kind of things that that touch you, and even though you know you're, I guess that in your formative years, it's it's your your sort of uh, yeah, your I discernment th- isn't really yeah. acute at that point.
1: I mean, I think what it, what it is 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 the kind of actual mix of cultures that was available in the seventies. Yeah, you know, if if you if I think in Ireland in seventies, like you you did have. Punk music and like you could you could have a, you know, a pub singing competition in Drum League but I remember going to the Vipers in seventy eight, they were they were a punk band, they came to the Parish Hall and um, but I don't remember the music as such, I remember there was a fight between Skibbereen lads and bantry lads at yeah. it uh, my memory actually was that all the all the, the vipers were the the band were dressed up as priests. But then I, I've never met anybody who said that that
0: was actually the case. <laughs> <laughs> so it must be something in my own imagination. Corroborated once you go to heaven, Pat. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so like you mentioned singing there, but so so look, one of the other things that you do is is the singing festival um, in Dream League. How long has that been going for?
1: It was um, two 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 years, uh, and we, we had to cancel it this year. Yeah. So it, it would it would have been the third year this year. Yeah, And um, it it was actually something that came to me as an idea, I suppose, to set it up uh, when I was making the Song of Granite. And uh, after filming that scene in the pub in in the Gravediggers in Dublin, I think I woke up the next morning thinking, God, Mm -hmm. I I really, you know, I think it kind of maybe that scene in the film where Lisa O'Neill is singing and Mihalo Keneal is singing and... Cormac Bigley's playing the concertina and all that, and there's there's uh, it kind of I suppose reminded me of my own youth and 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 you know that there being such kind of packed pubs and people um, there was like uh, pub singing competitions and there'd be a lot of kind of tension and and uh, competition about, about it, but a real greater kind of appreciation for it as well. Yeah. And I just kind of I felt that you know, dream league was kind of going through, I suppose, a kind of a, a rough spell in terms of, you know, in, ter- in terms of kind of just, uh, you know, the, I suppose, recession and things like that, and it's kind of affected it. And, you know, the, the the village kind of is probably a completely different village to what it was in the 40s where every every shop was a, was a you know, was a, was a pub or, or every house was a pub or every house was a shop or a tailor's or a hat maker's, you know, and that's yeah. that's gone. And you have to kind of try to re... Uh, imagine it in, a, yeah. in some ways and I thought that well there's a really strong tradition of singing in drum and, league and there wasn't just there really aren't the opportunities for people to express themselves in that way Yeah. and I just kind of thought that the, it would be a great idea to, to, um, to start up a festival like that and I, I, I contacted my sister Noreen and and a, a Paul Bryan from from Drummer League, and the three of us said we'd we'd go ahead and and we raise sponsorship, and and mm-hmm. it, it's just it's it's been really a great success in terms of from within the village. I think it's, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not really interested in anything mm-hmm. outside the village as such. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's 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 purely for yeah Dream League people, and if people outside like it, that's yeah. good. But it's not really important. It's even it's it's even with the, the things like the we, like we organize concerts and the concerts are, are great and we love having mm. the big concerts because mm. that's the that draws attention to it, but the but it's you know if it's kind of we'd prefer to have, you know the person who's singing at the concert also singing at the pub mm-hmm. you know the night before you yeah. know that's the kind of yeah. idea really is to get get the singing in close yeah. you know and uh, and and just even having sing songs you know yeah it's kind of. Uh, it's 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 probably been the best thing that I think I've been you know that I feel I've been associated with, okay. even in terms of work or anything. It's not it's really? not work. It's purely voluntary. Yeah, but, yeah.
0: but it feels like the most uh, rewarding thing yeah. I think I've ever done in some ways. You know, that's amazing. I, I I can testify to how great it is. Now, just on that thing of of. You know the act of singing and the act of listening to a song or receiving mm. the song. Um, I mean, there's something in that exchange when you're when you're close to somebody singing that you just can't replicate from listening to on a yeah recording device yeah. <laughs> but or or, or or even you know even amplified. But just you know, I suppose there's something, isn't there? There's there's a I, th- I think so. Yeah. In, in in that exchange, there's something really powerful. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think I think. Um, Joe Heaney talked about it as well. Is that you know that, you no, know, like he sang in the Sydney Opera House and he sang in stages all over the world. But he did say that, like, say, Chanos was best, you know, in the country kitchen, you know, yeah. beside the fire, right? And I, I, and that's what I think is true. And I think it's uh, it, and it's true of a pub as well. Even mm-hmm. to get in, uh, you know, to be close to somebody singing who's a great singer, it's, yeah. it's a phenomenal experience, yeah. and you don't necessarily get it in in a, in a big uh, hall or a big auditorium. Yeah. So it's, uh, to get that, and I think that's the idea with the, the singing festival as well, is actually to get people in close to it, and then it's a kind of a real s- strong yeah. two-way exchange. Yeah. I mean, that's what struck me about the festival, is the quality of the listing is, is, is as impressive as, yeah. the, as the quality of the singing, you know, that uh, yeah. the, we have a pub singing competition that goes on for three or four weekends beforehand. And uh, then there's a final on the opening night of the festival, and it, like there's maybe 200 people in in, the, in a small hall, and you can hear a pin drop. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had Lisa O'Neill down and Sean O'Shea and John Splean and Jimmy Crowley down as as guests uh, yeah. as jury as um, as on the jury for the, yeah. the awards to pick the best uh, singer. But uh, yeah. and it's it's just and then they sing, and it's just an amazing night. And and it, and again, it's it's mostly local people there. It's mostly local people mm. singing, and it's. Uh, yeah. It's just it's it's really profound experience. I think Ireland
0: you know? Ireland really um, really works when everybody's singing. You know the way there's sometimes yeah. some some events some things happen, people die or there's somebody gets married or or there's something special happens or yeah. you know I've I've been with you on some of those nights where um, well anyway and where everybody sings you know everybody yeah. has a song. I think it's uh, yeah. Yeah, we we work well together when we're singing. I know, I, I think so, and I think I, I think it is it, it is
1: in the culture, and it's just that there's l- less opportunities yeah. for people to come to come across it. And I think as well, I mean, I think we're selling the younger people short as well if we don't provide those opportunities, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, the like a lot of older people, like in you know in their fifties and sixties, you know, talk about oh we, you know the tradition being great and all that. But if you if you don't actually practice it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, is, how are the younger people going to get the opportunity to sure. hear it and make judgments for themselves? They can either reject it or, or go towards it. It doesn't yeah. really matter as long as they, as long as they're given the opportunity to make up their own minds
0: about it. Absolutely. I think. Well, you know. on that point, um, one of the singers that you brought to the festival, Thomas McCarthy. Um, I mean, somebody like Thomas McCarthy should everybody should know him. Everybody, every child, and you should, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, I, I came to him late
1: myself. Actually, I only heard of him 1st let yeah. let's say, two or three years ago. And I'm hoping to make a documentary with him um, next year. And uh, I, I, it's just again, it's you know, it's maybe sitting in the same, side in the same room in a small room with him and hearing him sing up close, yeah. and hearing him talk and getting his personality, you know, and kind of, uh, I suppose, just listening to him talk about his own relationship with the songs. It's it's again, it's a very powerful yeah. thing, and uh, and and I think it's an awful shame that. It's an awful shame, but it, I mean, if, if, if I can make this film, I suppose I, I feel I'm I duty yeah. bound to kind of bring his music to a kind of a wider audience. Yeah. You know? And um, if we can get funding for it, we, we'll make it next year.
0: Well, and, I, I mean, he, he every fiber of his being is truth in some way. There's nothing, you know, as in the, the, the whole story, the whole picture is every layer of it is there's meaning and truth everywhere. And Absolutely. I don't yeah. see any... You know, let, maybe just let's listen to um, just Grasp of Time so we can just um, mm. hear that.
3: I must away from you, my sweetheart And all my kin I live behind I'm wanted now as an outlaw a home I now go far to find. And the Yankees sure I will wander, Our hunger pangs, they are unknown, The people of our cursed land, they, they are welcome as their own. In future years, I'll return love. I'll come unchanged for you once more. Sir, how could I ever forget you? To live, you grieves, my young heart's call. My mother's keen's her lamentations, how she tore on her grey hair, the moans, the groans of my aged father, and sure no mortal soul could bear. God curse the landlord and the belief to every poor man's bitter foe. Cast out, I roam, from my forefathers' home, the seed of hate in my heart did grow happy was i to live my life love just as nature she had willed in my cabin down by the river to walk the ground my father tilled I could not live again at home, love, for now she is such a stricken lad. The tyrant has her by the throat, he ne'er releases his blood-stained hand. There's not an inch of Irish soil that's not trod no but by slaves that die unkind, and then they're flung like dogs into a silent grave. Don't worry love, for me no more, times have passed, I wish to die, find my way to the churchyard green, where all of my forefathers lie. For when the body it is broke, and sleep doth call beneath the dust, I still pray and for bitter days, God alone I'll place my trust. As I go away from you, love, these painful words, they're hard to speak. The last fond embrace I'm taken now, my lips are pressed to your sweet cheek. The last minute does draw close to sails the wave in the wind. Oh, hold me close to your heart. i live you soon behind. Once you hear Thomas McCarthy, I think
0: there's no going back. It's like,
3: uh, <laughs> isn't it? Like there's a whole
0: sound world in, in how he uses his voice. And it, just in that itself, it's just an yeah. extraordinary technical scene. It is, yeah.
1: And I think... Th- I think there's something incredible about, about his story I think in terms of you know growing up in Ireland and and, and uh, then going to London at age 10 and you know when you, and he's lived most of his life in 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 uh, in London and and uh, when you're when you're talking to him and you hear him singing like you think he's that he's never left the country you yeah. know? and uh, but I suppose and it, you know he, he's, he's I think he said that he spent like 10 years at the foot of his mother's bed taking down songs from him, yeah. you know and he, he he's I think mm-hmm. he's Access to like twelve hundred songs in his head, you know. It's, yeah. I suppose, he, he's like a kind of a living. Um, he's, he's not the same style of singing as Johanni or anything, or doesn't come from the same tradition as such. But but it's it's uh, he's like a kind of a walking Johanni, so, yeah. uh, you know, a kind of a living Johanni. Now yeah. you know, and yeah. uh, I suppose that's kind of very. You know, it's uh, so. Th- Any you know when you're talking to him and he's telling you stories about the songs and and about his own upbringing, it's just a,
0: yeah. it's a fascinating. I mean, he, he's a real bridge into a time that that seems like an awful long time ago, but it's not that long ago that traveller. Culture was very much connected to uh, to people in rural Ireland, and aspects of you know, um, you know, uh, not just with songs, but with making and fixing things and selling things and so on and so forth. And he speaks of a time. I mean, I have interviewed him where he speaks about that there being open doors everywhere and, yeah. um, uh, and, and how much that has changed. But yeah. um, I look forward to seeing that film, Pat. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you, you sent me a song um, that your mother sang, um, fascinated by the idea, a, an absolutely beautiful uh, voice and a beautiful song we'll hear in a minute. But um, this could be part of a project that's, that is ongoing, right?
1: Yeah, and it, it's uh, I, I got funded for... Um a, f- a film about three years ago by the Arts Council, and it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's it's a it's 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 kind of an experimental film award as such. But it's it's uh, I haven't I haven't been able to crack it. I've been kind of working on it for shooting and editing stuff over the last few years, and and uh, I'm, I'm hoping to kind of finish it in January, February. But a part of it is is my uh, mother's singing, and um, and it's 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 um. But it's 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 to do with landscape and to do with uh, seas and and rivers and and lots of other kind of subjects. But I kind at the moment I can I can't bring them all together, and I'm I'm trying to find a way to do it. And yeah. uh, so I, I I mean I've spent my life I, my adult life kind of recording people singing, you know, up in Tory Island and up in Connemara yeah. and elsewhere, and I and I never really. Um, recorded my mother so and I, there's lots of other people in drum league that i wish i had recorded in the yeah. last 10 years and there's been a kind of a clean out of people in the last yeah. 10 years you know from the previous generation and uh, i kind of very conscious of it now and so that's why i kind of decided to 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 film my mother and i got i got a got a, i didn't want to do it on an iphone or anything like that and uh, i got a crew and we we actually filmed with her two years ago and yeah. uh, and it was. It, it, she was eighteen. She's she's still healthy, and she still s- sings. But she she doesn't. She she. This this was um, maybe recorded eighteen months ago, I think. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you know, since she's we've kind of had some tragedy in our lives. My brother passed away last year. Yeah. And I like she wouldn't have been in. She wouldn't be able to sing. No, really, in yeah. the same way. So it's, I'm kind of glad I did record her. Yeah. You know, kind of uh, when she was. In her prime at
0: 89. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah, well, and I'm glad you did too. So this is Wings of a Swallow.
4: Sure if I had the wings of a swallow I would travel far over the sea And a rocky old road I would follow To a place that is heaven to me When the sun goes to rest away down in the west, I will build such a nest in the spot I love best. In that dear little town, in the old county down, sure it lingers way down in my heart. And it never was grand, yet it's my fairyland, just a wonderful world set apart. Oh, my island of dreams, you are with me, it seems, and I care not for fame or renown. Like the black sheep of old, I'll return to the fold Little town in the old county down In the evening when shadows are falling Round the old door without any key There's a voice in my dreams ever calling There are eyes ever watching for me. There is someone I'll bless with true tenderness and whose lips I'll caress when they bring happiness to that dear little town in the old county down. Sure it lingers way down In my heart, and it never was grand, yet it's my fairyland, just a wonderful world set apart. Oh, my island of dreams, you are with me, it seems, and I care not for fame or renown. Like the black sheep of old I'll return to the fold Little town In the old county down
0: Wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, she, she, she's, she was in perfect voice at 89. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, sweet I and so, you know, unbeautiful.
1: Un yeah, I mean, she... Uh, I think singing was a, is a very... Part of her life to yeah. you know I suppose we kind of grew up with listening to her singing all the time you know it yeah. was just uh, and you know she she'd kind of even if you're talking if if she was talking about people that she, you know oh definitely he was a great singer yeah. she was a she was a beautiful singer yeah. you know the singing was a kind of a big uh, thing I think and uh, and she 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 had a lot of songs and she was singing to fish and stuff when she was younger and uh, back in the I suppose in the thirties and forties yeah. but it was. Um, yeah, but it's it, it's kind of it's it's so strange to listen to her singing there now outside of the yeah. home, almost. You know, it must be. Yeah, but it's but it but it's uh, I suppose in a way it's a very it's a very I suppose there's something about the the, the 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 mother singing which is kind of a it's 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 a very deep thing I think you know and mm. uh, you know it it it's, uh, and it's very formative I suppose as well
0: you no. know. Well, absolutely. I, I I guess from from once we're. Actually, in the world that the idea of a mother singing to a child—you know—that there's something yeah. in that, isn't there? In yeah. terms of yeah. obviously, but just Pat, even from the point of view of, uh, you know, I know you're implicated in that because you've heard her voice all the way from from in, in um, you have, but um, but for us listening to it, I mean, it strikes me that like a voice of that quality that it's it's that it would be like somebody who would have been recorded or have had a career or would have been a singer you know or. well
1: I'd say she, she'd be embarrassed I'd say to think of it like that but really, I mean it yeah. would be um, no it's true I think I mean I suppose folk collectors I suppose favoured yeah. you know the Irish language singers I suppose yeah. and there's there a lot of fine singers that were never yeah. recorded and yeah. uh, and uh, again it's something I've only noticed in the last few years is there something really beautiful about the singers who just kind of gently put out a song you know yeah. that they're and you, and uh they're even the ones with the, in the pub singing competition I've noticed the ones that have made a big impact on most people are the ones where it's just been it's just been it's been um it's not been a performance it's yeah. been kind of something that's uh they just they're not in the way of it either they just kind of let it out Right, yeah. and there's something very deep about it but maybe it's not the thing Guess when you're younger that you kind of appreciate it maybe it's as you right. get older you start appreciating that so
0: just just in terms of the power there of, of what we listen to somebody who's just singing in their own place mm. it's not in a studio they they have no intention to make it anything that would be something that to, you know it's, yeah. it doesn't become a currency so it's just the act itself yeah um so, in your experience of of recording singers all around, mm. um, I mean, would you say that, like, you know, sort of the, the the moments you've been most moved by a song or, or music have been just in a room somewhere, as opposed to something you've heard?
1: I, I, th- I mean, I, I think so. Right. I mean, it's it's. Um, I've always felt, you know, you could say that filmmaking is. You know, you're going into a house and you're and you're you're you know you're trying to capture something or you're trying to take something, and um, you know you're you're uh, taking a photograph or you're mm. filming people. But I, I genuinely believe if it's approached in the right way, it's a two-way transmission. You know yeah. that you're you're giving something as well as t- taking something. You know, yeah. I remember being up in Tory Island late one night, and there was a this is back in in two thousand and one or something, and there was a there was we were at a, there was a kind of a late party or sing song in the house, and there was a, maybe like a 16-year-old young lad, he said, you know, that's the house where, uh, that's the room where Seamus Innes slept, he said, when he came here, and like, he's talking about 1940s, like, when Seamus Innes came out and recorded people yeah. in Tory, yeah. and you kind of think, like, there's a 16-year-old, you know, 50 yeah. years later, pointing yeah. to the room where yeah. Seamus Innes slept, yeah. so I mean, you know, it's, I suppose, that outside acknowledgement of, of somebody... Who's you know is 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 great as well to actually give it its due I suppose yeah. you know and uh, yeah. I think that's what I felt about kind of I suppose when you're when you're filming like uh, isn't I suppose making a splash is always a problem isn't it like yeah. you know people who are out to make a kind of a, a splash yeah there's nothing really that interesting about it
0: I, I've no idea how to make a splash I've got wet <laughs> well, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> <Elaine>. <laughs> no. you know it's no, kind none of, of a of a to of
1: flash i was thinking about it coming up up in the car actually in a way i, I remember seeing like in all places i, I saw chic, i think in skibreen about 10 years oh, ago right. they were playing in lissard and oh, yeah, um, yeah, right. and I and mean, this great axe played in yeah. lissard over the years mm. but there, you know it was kind of an amazing gig like you know it was to, to, for 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 Sheik to be standing in the field like uh, in front of a few thousand people and mm. and and, and, the, and the, the music was just absolutely you know everyone was ecstatic and happy listening mm. to it, but even as you're walking away from the gig, you kind of feel you feel the, all that kind of happiness <laughs> dissipating. <laughs> it's 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 you know it's it's, it's sinking it, into the field. It's kind of you know it's 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 a it's a it's a beautiful feeling while it's going. Yeah. But it's what it's well it's, it's happening, but it's kind of there's something. Um, Maybe not as deep, or you know, for for me anyway. Personally, yeah. I'm only speaking for myself, but it's it's it doesn't get into my bones, I yeah. suppose, in the same way. Yeah, you know? and uh, beautiful. It's
0: kind of it's something aesthetic about it, but not deep or something. Yeah, you know? oh, that's gorgeous. Uh, on that bombshell, Elaine, would it be okay? To, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> What's that one called, Elaine? We've got an audience here. (laughs) Uh, We're live at the Kino. Uh, Ignite, Ignite, yeah, okay. One of the songs of 2020. Thanks, Elaine. Um, Pat, I just want to talk a little bit about Johini and about um, Song of Granite, but before we get there... um, you, you you had a Con Hooligan quote there um, that you, you read mm. earlier which is very interesting what's the context of that again he's he's writing about what the Dubliners um, or?
1: You know, yeah I just came across it recently and he, he's he's writing about the Dubliners and I think it was for their 25th birthday in 1987 I think it's from his collected uh, which is called A Harvest but yeah he was a great sports writer but he, he had yeah. a, great, uh, he was a great reader and, and great kind of insight into culture generally speaking but <clears throat> it was just, it, it, it came, there was one line that really stood out, but I think it might, just have, I could read it, actually, because yeah. I, I don't have it in memory, but... Yeah, please do. Um, he's, writing, he's writing about growing up after the Civil War. He says, um, I grew up in a cultural desert. It was the era after the Civil War. Bitterness and disillusion stalked the land. Spiritual values went underground. The Irish people became obsessed with survival. A barren materialism prevailed. Anything that wasn't seen to contribute to material survival was deeply distrusted. Music became suspect. Books were deemed likely to lead the readers astray. Fiddles and melodians and concertinas and flutes and tin whistles remained silent. Books were hidden in stacks of turf and in ricks of hay and in trees that the elders of the tribe couldn't climb. And of course, this vacuum was filled. Sentimental ditties replaced the old songs. Did your mother come from Ireland, ousted the rocks of Bonn? To struggling people, the new songs, such as they were, represented a, be- a better world. They associated the old music with hardship and back- and backwardness. He, said, he says, uh, even as a small boy, I sensed that there was something gravely wrong. I felt there was a dimension missing from our world. A sociologist would say that I was suffering from cultural deprivation, but I didn't know the term then. All I knew was that I needed something of great importance. I was like a otter in a land where all the streams had gone underground. I knew that the songs of the day, good though some of them were, did not express our world. I was seeking mirrors. And he goes on to talk about kind of hearing uh, a, a singer called um, Bat Coffee at a, at a fair and he sang The Rose of Moon Coin," and he said it was the first time that he kind of awoke to that kind of... Mm. He says that The Rose of coin is, is an okay song, but he said it was, it was something real and he said he followed the singer all around the fair that day and heard every song that he sang. Mm. And... Um, I think it's just kind of there's something really sad about the idea of that he was he was like an, an otter, yeah, uh, you know, it, where, where all the streams had gone underground. Yeah, and I, I think that's true. I think of everybody. I think in a way that that it's kind of uh, you know if 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 the culture isn't there for for the for the people for younger people growing up, you know, they're they're going to be searching for it, and they might uh, search in the wrong places. Yeah, you know, and I think I think the. I suppose everybody needs kind of sustenance and cultural sustenance and, and, you know, it's, it's. Uh, I think it kind of happened here actually in a different way. The, the barren materialism that he talked about was kind of like an abundant materialism, I suppose, in the time of the Celtic Tiger. But I, I, I found it very hard to get any kind of cultural documentary or film off the ground during the Celtic Tiger because yeah. they were just interested in lifestyle programs, you know, yeah. and kind of, it was like a financial times supplement of how to spend it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, You know, and, and and, you know, we were supposed to all be proud of, I don't don't like running down anybody, but like, say, proud of kind of Boyzone or, you know, that kind of stuff that they were selling out concerts in Japan. Yeah. But again, that's back to making the splash, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not going to sustain you. Yeah. And it's definitely not going to sustain a country that's... that's, that's, And I think, I mean, I I spent a lot of my, you know, as I said, like, listening to, to... you know, th- through Vinci, my older brother, kind of listening to Bob Dylan and reading about him and, and, and you know, having Rory Gallagher and Muddy Waters and having, uh, like, all that kind of music coming coming through the Ramones and all, you know, yeah. as, as 10, 11, 12 years of age and, and then going into, you know, my, finding my own way through it, like with the Smits or Ask the Camera and Orange yeah. Juice and all that and, uh, and kind of the Associates and, and then having all those kind of bands where you've, you've found your... Kind of your own kind of tribe, I suppose, to a certain extent. But then that's not enough either, then you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I, w- I was saying that, you know, that in the late 80s, then you're kind of getting, you know, getting, like, buying Public Enemy records or and and De La and all that stuff. But then going to Galway and 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 then, and seeing, you know, kind of Steve Cooney and Seamus Begley and the Dive Arc, yeah, like it's like you know, or hearing Sean Turrell singing or or or, or, or um. You know, Dolores Keane singing again up close like in little yeah. sessions in pubs in Galway and, yeah. and uh, being in the Tyvark and, and hearing Steve Cooney and Seamus Begley. It's kind of like, it's like you didn't know you were kind of missing it until you yeah. kind of heard it up close. Yeah, right. And then I suppose, you know, there's other other stuff as well. You're you're discovering the Aran Islands and Connemara and the Burrand and hearing Irish spoken on the streets of Galway. For the first time, I yeah. probably never heard Irish spoken on
0: yeah. the
1: streets of anywhere yeah. in my life before I went to Galway in 1990 like, yeah, you know? yeah. and that's kind of a huge kind of literally it turns your head and it kind of changed my whole kind of axis from not you know instead of going to Edinburgh yeah. you know to see um, Edwin Collins
0: playing or you know yeah. uh, Roddy Frame playing Kind of, I just I started kind of looking closer. To yeah. Him, you know. Yeah. And so that's, I guess, that's where Johini comes in for you then, or is it? Yeah. Around I mean, that it's,
1: time? again, it's it's kind of I suppose I heard the Roxie bon on the radio. Yeah. Um, and I was happened to be taping whatever program it was, and yeah. and then I suppose I I, I learned it myself, and I, I'm done. I'm not sure why the Roxie bon connected with me. I, I still don't actually know why. Yeah. But I don't know why I used to sing it. You know, after several points, every lots of places, but um. And, yeah. and I can't sing it, like, uh, as well as, you know, most people I know who can sing it. But it's, um, I don't know why it connected so strongly with me. Yeah. But it, again, it, I think it's to do then, as you get, as, as kind of interest in cinema and everything, then I see these kind of cinematic possibilities yeah. of Channot's, I suppose, you know. Yeah, it's right. the, in terms of medit- being a, like a meditative yeah. thing to do with time yeah. and, you know, you know, it's actually Roddy. Roddy Frame has a line in a way that's kind of. He said, "Who, who needs the movie? You can see the music anyway." But um, right, the. Uh, but I, I kind of felt that you know that the Chano's thing had had, like even the crew that were working on it. A lot of the crew hadn't heard it before, and you mm. kind of think, "How is that? I mean, how how, how has that yeah. happened? That yeah. you know, and 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 the, the the quality of the Shano singers that are around now are, is phenomenal. Like there's. Yeah. You know, Dominic McGillivre, Nelny and you know, Cruhor or Lucy, there's, you know, the Mihalo Canela, his mother, Sarah Grealish, you know, the, uh, there's just such a phenomenal yeah. wealth of, yeah. of singing. And that's, and that's a section that's completely outside of the mainstream, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't think it can actually survive in the mainstream, anyway. I mean, how can you have Mihalo Kanila singing on the Ryan Truberty radio show in the morning? Oh, you know what well, I, mean? I mean? it's, it's just—it's yeah. not going to work. Well, I suppose, probably yeah.
0: involve putting Ryan Tuberty in the back of a car with loads of gaffer tape or something. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, would cut that. <laughs> I don't that know. I'm sorry, yeah, it's no, no, cheap. No. It's cheap. But I, mean, no, no, I, I just no, don't you're, think you're it's. A, right. well, look, I, yeah. I don't mean
1: you're. I'm saying my reference to yeah. Ryan Tuberty. I'm talking about the mainstream. I suppose it's actually too, too much of an experience to actually be able to right. drop so, it into somebody's yeah. life during the middle of the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I've, I've, I've had those experiences myself where I remember hearing, like, Ella Fitzgerald singing in the radio one time.
2: Yeah.
1: And, and like, and being just so knocked out by it, you know. Yeah. And that's the power of radio. Yeah. That's the power of radio to influence. And you still get it with, you know, Philip King or John Creedon or your, yeah. your own stuff. You mean, know, that you, you hear it and you don't expect it. It can... Yeah. Knock you sideways sometimes.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. The, and the voice is the thing, that impactful thing that you know. But like, let, let's let's just listen to Roxabon, and chat a bit more about song of Granite then.
5: Come all you wherever and to be. Don't higher with any master, till you know what your work will be. For you must rise up early From the clear delighted dawn, I'm afraid you'll ne'er be able To plough the rocks a ball And rise up gallant, Sweeney And give your heart some hay And give him a good feed before you go away do feet feed him all, soft up Put him out on your green lol. or I'm afraid he'll never be able To plough the rocks all. And my shoes, they are well worn now My stockings, they are thin My heart is always trembling Afraid I might give in My heart is always trembling from the clear daylight till the dawn I'm afraid you'll ne'er be able To plough the rocks ball And my course attend you, Sweeney You have me nearly robbed You're sitting by the fireside With a dougine in your gob You're sitting by the fireside From clear daylight till the dawn And I'm afraid you'll never be able To plough the rocks of all And I wish the Queen of England Would send for me in time And they put me in some regiment All in my youth and prime I would fight for Ireland's glory from the clear daylight till the dawn, and I never would return again to plough the rocks of all
0: so that's the rocks of Bon. Um, Joe Heaney. Um, the 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 actual filming of Song of Granite Pat, um, I mean, to me, it's just it's. I mean, I I would consider it a masterpiece. It's it's an incredibly beautifully realised uh, film. But um, it would seem like you know a huge uh, amount of work went into to actually bringing it to the. The screen, right? So yeah. so um, what was the kind of time frame involved from from the seed of... Uh... I mean, I, it's probably 10 years, I, I suppose. I mean, right, but it was, yeah, that's what I thought. It would have been the same, maybe for
1: Silence, the film that, that, that I made before it was maybe 10 years before you could get f- funding to make it. I mean, there's, there's no one really queuing up to make a film, you know, in Irish... In black and white, and about Shenos singing, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you really. It's almost like you, you know. It's kind of. Yeah. It's, it's more like blackmail than than, yeah. <laughs> than funding, but it's kind of. Um, it, it's so it's it's yeah it's it's, it's torturous tr- tr- trying to do it, but I mean it's torturous trying to get the, that off the ground, and it's torturous trying to, to to make something like that as well. I mean, I have to kind of disagree with you in terms of the masterpiece. I genuinely don't think it's it's masterpiece. Yeah. I I only see the kind of the. The, the the gaps in it myself okay it's sometimes but but I I the one thing I suppose that I'm very proud of I suppose is 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 maybe is um, putting putting that center stage I suppose putting mm. that kind of singing center stage yeah and putting you know it was it was very I, I mean I think truthfully I wanted to make something about singing and yeah. Chano's singing yeah. in particular and I thought and Johini came after in a way right because Johini was one of the few people, I mean, he came from, from essentially what you'd call kind of like a peasant upbringing, let's say, mm-hmm. in Connemara in the, in the 1920s, mm-hmm. learning all the songs from his, from uh, the generation that came before him. Yeah. Passed down orally. And, and then he, like he ends up in in the 70s, you know, working with, John Cage you know at Roratario you know what I mean it's like unbelievable journey and it's almost like the journey of the 20th century in some ways yeah. because like you know he 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 goes like he's learns all he learns his trade and then he goes out into the world and he sings in the clubs in England and he the folk clubs and gets caught up in the whole emerging folk scene ends up in Greenwich Village ends up at the Newport Folk Festival, and then working with something like completely modern, like John Cage, and that's an incredible journey. Yeah. And there's nobody else who's done that journey. Yeah, I mean, there's, there literally isn't anyone else. I don't yeah. think. And you, you, if you think of anybody, and I, I, you know a lot more about music than myself, but is there anybody else who can who actually did that in terms of like no accompaniment, just went out on stage, yeah. and 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 sung. You know, for like hundreds of people, thousands of people, sometimes. Yeah. And they didn't. They didn't have any accompaniment with them. And yeah. He sang for an hour, an hour and a half, and told stories. You know, it's very. It's a very rare. Yeah. Gift that he had, and he was. A, I think he was a true. Artist in a way that a lot of the other, like Derek O'Connor, is a great singer. Yeah,
0: love him. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but he,
1: but he's not an artist in the same way that. Joe Heaney's an artist. And what you mean by that? Like, well, I think he, Joe Heaney. I think knew what he was doing in the sense of he wasn't just expressing yeah. himself yeah it wasn't he, he,
0: just like what we were saying there about a person in their natural habitat yeah, singing a song yeah. he was aware of what he was doing and, and, and the artistry involved
1: yeah and he was and he was very conscious of passing it on as well like right. he ta- like he taught it in, in colleges in america you know he yeah. did I mean, he did want to teach in ireland but he never did get that job offer to come back in ireland and, and yeah. teach it so like he was teaching chano you know, singing in, in in universities in america
2: yeah
1: when he couldn't kind of get, get gigs in Ireland, you know. And um, so I suppose he was he was lucky in that sense of, of kind of getting caught up in the in the folk thing. But I, I kind of wanted to make something deeper about singing. Yeah. And about the importance of song, I suppose. And yeah. then Johini, I thought, was the perfect vehicle for it. Sure. And then, so it's kind of, it's kind of about, it's, it's about Johini, superficially i suppose yeah. then it's about singing and then and shano singing in particular and then yeah. it's and then i suppose you know it's kind of then trying to get to something deeper again then about kind of what singing does and what 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 happens when yeah. you're when you're listening to singing how does your mind yeah. where does your mind go yeah. you know that meditative thing yeah, of kind of being the, lost in a song you know and
0: I, I, yeah i was going to ask you actually that was my my next question was that thing you said about the meditative part of that, mm. that specific to shano's yeah, there's something in there, right? Isn't there? Or is there I, I, mean, I, know, I, I definitely think so. I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not stuff that you can listen to all
1: the time, every day. I mean, because yeah. it's it is you need you need to be able to rise up to meet it. I suppose you know. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, uh, and you know, a lot of the time. I, I mean, I, my Irish isn't. I've been learning Irish all my life, but I'm still not fluent. And yeah. I have a, I have a lot of uh, so maybe even the, the the knowledge of the words might 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 get in the way. But it's. Uh, I, I can kind of feel that I get into a, a zone, I suppose, or a kind of a, st- yeah. a mental state where yeah. that doesn't—it's it's not matched by anything else. Yeah. But I, I have heard in other—I mean, there is different well, cultures the, yeah, like um, Bob Quinn
0: and Atlantean. I mean, there's so many other examples. Ex- of Exactly. It being, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: every culture has it, really. Yeah. But it's just—it's kind of—it's bur- kind of buried in most cultures now, in terms of kind of the—you yeah. know—again, it's—it's not getting the. You're not getting the opportunity to hear it, yeah. But it, but it's everywhere, you know. But yeah. it's still it's underground, which is probably the best way to have it now at this stage, you know.
0: And then in the actual physical senses, in 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 the in in terms of being in Connemara and so on, like, did you spend much time on the ground before the filming, and then how long did the filming take itself?
1: Um, well, it was kind of we yeah we filmed. Colum- uh, yeah we filmed in Connemara and near close enough to Carna, where, yeah. where he was from and in Galway City and then we shot in Montreal for New York of the yeah. of this of the 70s and 80s and and uh, we, we, we didn't get to shoot in, in in New York itself which was kind of a, a loss to the film I think in mm-hmm. a way and um, but it was it was it was uh, yeah it was a long process you know this, myself and Sharon Welly and and uh, and all McGillivray, we the us. were working on the script for years, actually, just yeah. kind of putting literally putting one scene after another, trying to build up a kind of a mosaic of...
0: yeah.
1: It, it wouldn't have been a classic kind of three-act structure, I'd imagine, even though it is broken up into three-acts.
0: Yeah.
1: But uh, we weren't kind of... You wouldn't be so conscious of it. You're trying to you're trying to find a mosaic kind of style yeah. rather than it being kind of uh, linear, even though it's completely chronological from yeah. his birth yeah. to his death. Yeah. It's still kind of... Um, and it, it was very important that it was chronological. But it, it, it's kind of more like a... We're looking at myth and fairy tale in it, within it as well, you know. Yeah. And, uh, so it's kind of... It takes us a long time to write scripts, and the same for Silence, and we're doing one on The Iron Islands and Sing's time, and an adaptation of Singh's book, The Iron Islands, yeah. trying to recreate the world of The Iron Islands in 1900. But it's, <clears throat> it takes us years to where, get it Where right.
0: does it exist, Pat, in the physical sense of, like, what do you... Do you have, like, a board with things as they merge into something or, or what is there a, a visual map or how do you work like yeah we i think we i think we probably all work individually differently which yeah. makes it
1: awkward and all is is
0: <laughs> is in in harvest films are yeah yeah i mean yeah.
1: but you know it's it's just it's just a home really we have an office yeah. but myself yeah. and my wife sharon we, we we uh work on a lot of stuff very closely and she she kind of builds up a um Kind of visual document as we're writing the script as well of kind of how you know the atmosphere of the book and or the atmosphere of the film and trying doing a visual representation of it. So we use that as well to try to get funding. Okay. Because the, I mean, as somebody said to me about the three act structure thing, I remember Arthur Breen who passed away earlier this year. Actually, I met him. I was saying we're having difficulty convincing people with the script and saying you know we don't have the three act structure thing, and he was saying. He said, look, look. I mean, look at the state of the world. He said, isn't it much too late for all that shit? He said. <laughs> and I think he's actually, he was, he was damn right. It is too yeah. late for all that crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. uh, it needs something else. Like you need energy.
0: Yeah.
1: And you need, and you need kind of vision, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or else nothing interesting is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like in most of the stuff. You no, know, that's that's the, the trouble. It's kind of, you know, when modernism happened. I mean, Henry Glass, he talks about that is when modernism happened, culture was washed out before it, you know. Yeah, it was. It was. It was only when kind of Picasso and 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 Rocco and all these people they they went back into kind of traditional culture, energized themselves, and yeah. came out, and I think yeah. and, and and I think that's what kind of has to happen within a, a culture. If you're not re-energized by the tradition, yeah, then nothing, nothing new or interesting is going to come yeah. out of it. I, no.
0: I, I, I would argue that right now we are re-energized by the tradition in this country I, yeah and, I think know, so in things a way that, like things yeah. that we were talking about we'll say the way rap music has suddenly become something that's way more I don't know I think the river of song has kind of that we've so used to here has encountered a new thing because it just suits our Sensibilities, you know, yeah. as in our, our our oral culture, etc. Yeah, and uh, and I think that that is coming from, you know, even there's, there's an example of one of the limerick rappers, Strange Boy, but he's just like it, it is effectively a trad tune as well as a rap, you know, and yeah. uh, and it's very well suited to to uh, yeah.
1: the form. But, but I think I think you have to look at the, even geogra- geogra- geographical locations as well. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, if, if 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 I was a betting man, which I'm not, I mean, you you, you have to find where the the energy is going to come from. And you, and you like, you're not going to, it's very hard if you're growing up in say South County Dublin or whatever to kind of find that energy that's going to energize your, yeah. your making. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't, I'm not, I, that's a very, I'm full of cheap uh, digs. It's not a, it's not a cheap dig. It's really, if you're, if you're coming from a very well-off background or whatever, it's trying to energize yourself to actually. Oh, completely. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, a troubling thing.
0: And it's. Yeah. Where are you uh, going to find it? Mm-hmm. At where's your crossroads? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where are you going to make the deal <laughs> with the devil?
1: Exactly. I mean, you have to be pacing. The, you have to be pacing the floor at two o'clock in the morning. I mean, I think it's. Uh, I mean, there's that, that, that nothing. I, I think Tarkovsky spoke about that. Is it like nothing comes without sacrifice. You know. Right. And if, like you'd be looking at at, at the new the new c- cultures coming in, looking at places where there is. Uh, you know. You know, it's it's I suppose it's kind of out of that kind of resilience. I suppose it's an overused word now, actually, but you you have to get the energy from somewhere and, and it's 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 going to come from maybe the mix of cultures that are coming in mm-hmm. mixing with or with um with the old culture but mm-hmm. i th- i th- i think uh I, it does seem, and I'm not, I don't keep up to date with things, but it's, it's, it does seem well, to that, be very exciting at the moment, well, that, I
0: think. That thing that you just said is happening as we speak, as, you know, yeah. as in, you know, there's a definite merging of, of uh, yeah. sort of like the new energy with stuff that's, you know, yeah. We've, we've, yeah. we've had. Um, yeah. and I mean, it's you, there. our feet all the time. It's there. It's just, as you say, it's a matter of incorporating that, reaching into it Yeah, and, and transforming it and turning it into something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Again, again at, at this point, no pressure, Elaine, maybe. <laughs> we need another song from Elaine Howley. Thanks, Pat. Uh,
2: yeah, so nice to listen to you speak, Pat. Yeah. yeah.
0: music from elaine howley thanks elaine um pat just um finally just want to to get up to um a film that that's been finished for a while but isn't out yet it's the henry glassy documentary so um how long has this one been in the in the Um, works
1: again it's nearly i'd say eight years or nine years I, I, i first heard him interviewed on the on Radio 1 the Vincent Woods show on a, he used to do a show on Monday night Arts Tonight it was called yeah. and uh, I remember I was driving back from filming somewhere and, uh, and myself and this, this, this sound man uh, J- John Bob Brennan uh, he was in the car in front and I was in the car and we were li- I was listening to the radio and he was listening to the radio and we, we kind of rang each other at a commercial break and said turn on Radio 1 there's an amazing yeah. guy speaking and I think he was kind of one of the most articulate people I ever heard speaking on radio, and yeah. uh, and it's just what what he was saying was having like had a profound kind of I suppose recognition of of things I was f- feeling for years that I hadn't been able to yeah. express myself, you know, and that he was able to express it, and had spent his life working in it and thinking about it, and yeah. uh, so he was uh, so he didn't do email or. Anything like that, so I wrote him a letter, and you know, six months later, he he wrote back, and uh, yeah. that went on for a few years, and then yeah, yeah. he was coming to Dublin, maybe around two thousand and sixteen, uh, and we we met up in Dublin, and and I, I proposed making a, a documentary, and and um, I think I he didn't say yes until he'd seen Song of Granite actually, and he, he saw Song of Granite, and he was saying the way we kind of allowed the singers sing the song in, mm. in full, yeah. Uh, he kind of, it was kind of, you know, he he was he talks about that with um, Lady Gregory, saying that you know that you you have to have patience and reverence yeah. to be a folklorist. Patience and reverence, and um, so I suppose, and I have patience and reverence for Henry Glassie's work, and I suppose Henry Glassie has patience and reverence yeah. in, in relation to the artists that he stands with and studies. So I, I th- maybe that convinced him that I was, I was allowing the songs be yeah. sung in full. To, to do it so we kind of hatched a plan to kind of he was going to Brazil and we raised funding through the Arts Council in Ireland and Screen Ireland yeah. and it was all funded from within Ireland really which was a great it was great for, for, great for us in the sense that it, was, it allowed us a lot of freedom as well and, yeah. um,
0: and we, we filmed in North Carolina in Brazil and in Ireland and uh, <sighs> Yeah. yeah, I just like to maybe it's one of these quotes that that's in it's in the film right so it's possibly the one that you're talking about from Vincent Woods where he's talking about uh, art essentially yeah but like you um, hearing this man and uh, having seen the film I've uh, listened to this quote several times so uh, yeah as regards his articulateness uh, let's hear um, Henry glassy. <laughs>
6: Every one of us is alone. Every one of us is in isolation. Every one of us is also together with other people, members of society. That particular complexity is what I think is the basis of art. That is, all of us are individuals and therefore we better do things that recognize, that acknowledge, that respond to our individuality. At the very same time, all of us are members of society. All of us carry culture, all of us are social beings. And so that I think that art is ultimately a devoted reconciliation between the individual nature that all of us have and the collective nature that all of us have. At some point, there needs to be a coming together of what I am as an individual and what I am as a member of society. Something comes together as a matter of responsibility to myself and my own view of the world and my responsibility to you and your view of the world and its reconciliation, if it's devoted, if it's committed, is what I think art is. And therefore, art might be the telling of stories. It might be the plowing of a beautiful field. It might be the building of a fine house. It might be the making of a great dinner. Whatever that excellence is, is something that I do out of my being for myself, but I do it for you as well. And as long as you and I are reconciled, then I think that's uh, love. And that love is exactly what I think is the basis of art. It is an acknowledgement of the dual nature of human being. We're alone, we're members of society. And if I can make a devoted statement of that reality, whatever materials I choose, whatever medium I choose, whatever vehicle, whatever genre, that doesn't matter. What matters is the is the passion of devotion.
0: The passion of devotion matters a whole lot. Um, the film you give a lot of time to. The makers, right? So, so the mm. film opens, and and I guess in keeping with what he saw in your film, "Song of Granite," where you allow the songs, you give them the space. Um, so we see that we see the makers um, in in Brazil um, making. I mean, what what are what are the various things that they're making? One um, one of them is, is is a
1: blacksmith, and he's he's um, he's uh, and one of them is a, a, like a carpenter making. Um, these beautiful wooden statues and um, of the like of the evangelists or the Virgin Mary or what a uh, lot of A lot of it is actually religious uh, iconography, I suppose. Yeah, and, uh, and it, it's to do with the the, the Candomblé religion and in, uh, in in Brazilian and Catholic. Religion, so it's kind of sacred art is the kind of the basis of it. Yeah. But it, that's just kind of accidental, really, in the sense of it didn't matter to me what Henry was working on. Yeah. I just went whatever he was doing yeah. was important to me. So yeah. it was kind of I was using him. To kind of get into whatever he was doing, yeah. so if he he was after himself and his wife Pravina Shukla, they were after writing this book called sacred art and in, in in Brazil, so we just we went along and we met this the artist that they had spent ten years yeah. standing wa- and watching and writing about and interviewing and yeah. um, and talking to so it was um I, yeah i mean I, I think you when you're when you're watching the artist working you, 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 it would be a shame to have it would be somehow kind of insulting to have somebody yeah. explaining what they're doing over mm-hmm. it you know what I mean yeah. it didn't need it I think it was just yeah. something to do with the that that kind of connection that the, that the maker had with what they were doing and their hands mm-hmm. and it's just, it, it felt like that old series in a way you know that yeah, it, hands that it, it's that gave very reminiscent of, of that it, I think it is really hands, and, yeah. and that's kind of you know that's that's kind of like therapy you know looking back uh, when, you, yeah. when you're watching that series it's kind of like uh, I suppose it's the Ireland we that I came out of anyway and yeah um, so it, it was kind of, but I, I, I think the, the, the broader point about it is really, <clears throat> well, for me, is that, like, I could categorically say that I've never met anybody who doesn't have an appreciation for art. Mm-hmm. And that's, I can't think of anybody in, in my life that I've ever met that doesn't. And that's, you know, that's the farmer next door or it's the, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, they, they there's always something that they appreciate as in terms of, it, it could be singing, mm-hmm. music, it could be it could be football, even though like people would kind of would kind of denigrate that. But I mean, I've I've often thought like you could have a thousand people at a club match in in Skibbereen, let's say. Yeah. And as a kind of the corner forward is a really stylish player or whatever. You could interview every, every each one of those thousand people coming out of the, the field, and and if you were to say what well, who's the kind of the, mo- the the who's the you know the, the nicest player, the kind of yeah. the player who's most stylish or whatever, they'll all point to the, say the corner forward yeah. or whatever, and. What they're responding to is grace, and they're responding to, yeah. to you know, to kind of to movement and and beauty actually. Yeah. But they're you're not, not going to say that, like
2: you yeah. know,
1: they but, they but that's what they're responding to. Yeah. And I mean, I, I got a I got a strong feeling that kind of art has been taken away from the ordinary people, really. Yeah. Right. And 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 that's what and that's how the ordinary person is is kind of is left with it, is trying to connect with sport. To, to, like, to find the beauty in sport, yeah. if you've got a, such a narrow definition of what art is that you know like, a, like, like Henry talks about the the women up the mountain in, in, in Turkey who make the most incredible works of art, yeah. but that's seen then it's denigrated as being craft, where as somebody who's only a, a sometime artist is like paints something and puts, a, puts it into a frame and, and that's, that, that's supposed to be art. Or you take a photograph and you put it in a frame, and that's art. But but the but the rug isn't, or yeah. jug isn't. I mean yeah. that's just. I mean that's to do with commodification, making a splash. Yeah. It's to do with Manhattan yeah. and London yeah. rather than the reality of people's yeah. lives. You know, it's kind of, uh, and it's about. It's it's like the fashion industry. You know, that's. I mean, like fashion is interesting if you look at the materials and how people work in the clothes and all that. Yeah. But the but you know but Vogue isn't interesting. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. It's kind yes, of course. and the industry isn't interesting. It's like the art industry. Isn't yeah. interesting, and the film industry isn't interesting either. Yeah, you know, it's kind of it's that kind. That's the stuff that gets in the way of the, the real stuff. But uh, I, I, it's, I think it's an un, unfortunate in the way the people have been. It's that it's been taken from the people. Yeah, and it's 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 literally class bias. Like, yes. you know, it's kind of you know, um, and I, I just think it's a it's an it's an awful shame. And then and then then the things that like i I've, I've you know. You know, be, being with a, like a farmer who's made drills for for me, you know, and I I know that he's looking at the drills and he's he's waiting for me to say that they're beautiful drills, you know. Yeah. He's not, and he what's he responding to? He's responding to the to the, to the to the to the to the shape of it and how straight they are and how and how beautiful it looks. Yeah, you know, it's not um, it's it's not to be belittled. I don't think sure not know? at all. Yeah, and, uh, and sure, and who doesn't have an appreciation of music or singing? So
0: yeah,
1: I mean that's why that's how I can say that I can categorically say. That there's nobody who, has, who doesn't have an appreciation for it. Yeah, yeah. But, but if but if you if but it's you don't get that in the
0: in the mainstream. I'm laughing culture. at the idea of of the Sunday game being a kind of art criticism. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't.
0: I mean, it's it's getting very hard to find the art in it
1: now. <laughs> but um, yeah. you know, but it's I, I don't I don't mean because it, it's it's I, I don't mean to kind of take away from the great works of art that are there. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not that. I mean, there's always people who are going to rise out of that mm-hmm. and and do something that's kind of yeah. really great that kind of a connection sure i mean that, that that's one of the extraordinary things about kind of people like say johnny mitchell or bob dylan or that they can actually have they can be completely artistically true and yet reach an yeah. enormous yeah. audience yeah I mean that's that's true gift or Neil Young or somebody like that you know mm. what I mean yeah and, uh, turn it into that yeah I'm sure yeah. it's kind of showing my age now. but I mean that, that, yeah. that's the, the, the you know it's, it's, it's very easy to be maybe you know make a splash and kind of and, and, and reach a big audience but to do it in a way that has a kind of has a deep impact on people as well yeah. is, is a very rare thing but but just because of Bob Dylan or Johnny Mitchell doesn't mean that the singer who's singing in, you know in a, in the kitchen at home isn't equally great. You know?
0: Yeah. And I think in Henry Glassy, from that quote there even you can kind of see that that, that that he's he's that's what he's saying, right? Is that you know the spotlight is just the spotlight. Yeah. And and the reason, you know, there's beyond that. Yeah. So like we'll say when he goes about his work uh, when he goes to a place like Brazil. So in that case, it was to do a book, right? But but in general, so you go back and you show some of his work um, historically. um, So like, for instance, there's the the weavers in in Turkey. Um, But like, what would be the end result of most of his fieldwork? work? Well, he'd, he'd, he'd write a,
1: he's, like he wrote a big, like he's, he went to Turkey after, he was in Ireland for 10 years in Fermanagh, and he wrote, I'd say, four or five books out of that yeah 10 years. And, and it's a, like a little town land of 153 people, you know, yeah. Minon. And uh, then he went to Turkey after that, and, you know, he, he'd get a, maybe a, like a small grant, and he'd be t- teaching in a university, but he'd, he, he might go to live in Turkey for two years. He'd, he'd live in the, Cheapest, poorest places in Turkey, so that his money would last longer, and uh, he'd learn the language, and he'd spend ten years going back and forth to Turkey. Then you know, and and uh, and I suppose he and he, he wrote a, a massive tome of a book on, on Turkish art, you know. Yeah. And uh, then he he went to Bangladesh, and he went to India, he went to Japan, he went, he spent ten years in Brazil, you know. Yeah. So he he spent fifty years. His last fifty years has been kind of encounters with culture and uh, yeah. and you very rarely hear him talk about kind of what he knows. He's always referencing people, what people have told him. You know, yeah. Which and, is and, kind of a very nice way of doing it. Exactly. It's, 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 uh, and
0: also he brings it back to, you know, I, I, I can't uh, quote directly, but he's talking about his methodology and him t- starting with a map and and then, you know, very interesting in the sense of how he looks at a place as opposed to you know, how it's perceived or... or exactly, yeah,
1: yeah. There was kind of... There was echoes of, of Tim Robinson's work, I think, in, in that for me personally as well, of that, you know, making the map of the Iron Islands or making yeah. the map of... of uh, I've kind of always been fascinated by maps myself, but it's... it's it's Because um, I think you get the kind of overall picture of it. with You know, you don't really... You know, when, you, when you're located on your phone, you don't get the surrounding... Yeah, you no, know, you're just getting the road that you're traveling on. It's yeah, yeah, ridiculous, yeah. Really,
0: but yeah, it's uh, you don't get any. You don't. You don't learn anything. Yeah, you know, you don't yeah. learn anything. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, had I just uh, just before we move off the the Henry Glassy just when mm-hmm. it comes to his um, you know we'll say the, the interviews that you did with him for for a man that's that articulate it must have been very difficult to to actually cut his interviews up or, or did
1: what yeah you did. I mean it, it 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 was really no no it wasn't it was just trying to actually confine it into one film I mean I, I, there's probably I, I, might, I might never get the chance to do it but there's probably a book of interviews you know yeah. in him I think because say. Uh, you know, there's there's stuff that I didn't go into, all about his early days in Greenwich Village. You know, he was he was you know he was he was in the recording studio when Bob Dylan recorded his first album, and he he he, he was with Paul Clayton when they met Dylan off the bus coming into New York, I think. And uh, you know, the the, the uh, he took he, he went down south with Dylan into the mountains because he did a lot of uh, recording of like Hobart Smith and Ola Bell Reed and people okay, like that in yeah. the Appalachian mountains. Yeah, and uh, Bob Dylan went. Down south, traveling around. I think with, with Henry and Paul Clayton. Paul Clayton was very influential on Bob Dylan, and 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 Henry and, and Paul Clayton were very good friends. Um, Paul Clayton ended up uh, committing suicide in 1967, but he had some very big hits in the late 50s. Okay, kind of, kind of was very influential and kind of recorded some great singers. And uh, so Henry was kind of wrapped up in all of that world as well, and none of that stuff is in the documentary. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it's kind of, uh, there's
0: probably another, something else to be made. There's room to go back to it. How do you feel about when, we'll say, when you get it to the point of, okay, that's finished, right? Is it, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier about the cracks in in Song of Granite, or uh, the gaps in it. I I Mm. fail to see it. But, um, like you know, are you able to sort of like generally accept with pride that you've done that and not kind of be sort of saying, ah, oh, well, if only, or, or how do you look back on stuff? Or can um, you move on is my point? Question.
1: Yeah, no, it, it, gets, it gets easier to look back at the earlier stuff, I suppose, and you could see it, yeah. you know, the, the, some of the stuff that I made, you know, even back in the late 90s and early 2000s, it, it feels like real kind of deep archive you now, which is kind of strange. It feels yeah. like I'm looking back at a different time almost. And um, so it's, it's kind of, uh, I don't, I mean, I rarely look back at the work that I made. And I'm just always, it's a mixture of being very satisfied with it and being, feeling that I need to, I need, I need to work harder to, to, to get, get, to get whatever I'm after, you know. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, I hope I kind of never really. F- Find whatever it is yeah. after you
0: know. You, you mentioned that earlier, Pat, about you know that you're trying to make the thing that you are, or you, are you can make the thing that you want to make or something like that. Is the, is that not? Is there something? Well, well, no, no, it's kind of it's just kind of I know I, I
1: you know as a, purely as a as a hobby. Like I played a guitar a little bit and you know I've 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 always kind of had the you know this thing about kind of trying to write a song in my younger years or you know that and it being so frustrating that you can only write songs that you actually don't like. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I, I You don't see any value in them, and it's yeah. terrible. Like you, yeah. like I'm so li- I'm so limited to my. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't feel like that about film. I feel I can yeah. through collaboration with a lot of other people and through my own, I suppose, just kind of going after something. I I, mm. I, I feel I can at least do that with film, like in a way that I can't with songwriting. Yeah, but it's the same with poetry. I mean. I mean, that's what Bob Dylan allows you to do as well. If you if you grow up, listen to Bob Dylan, you feel you know writing is a okay thing to do. You know, I'm yeah. sure it's the same with rap now as well. You know, yeah. and kind of spoken word. There's you know, there's real, ex, you know, spoken word is very acceptable to do. It's not yeah, kind of seen sure. as a kind of yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I, I, I um. Whereas you'd have been kind of nervous saying that you wanted to be a poet, like when you yeah. when I was 18 back in Drum League, I wouldn't been saying it to too many people you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but I, but yeah. then not being able to write the poetry is terrible yeah. and yeah. not being able to uh, write the songs is terrible yeah. so then finally you know, film I feel like I can at least make a good stab at it yeah and uh but uh, but I'm I'm not sure what I'm trying to do but it's kind of it is kind of I suppose trying to exp- exp- Express something of the way I feel about the world, I suppose. Mm. You know, but it's, uh, yeah. but and, and 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 I'm not that interested in working outside of Ireland. I feel there's mm-hmm.
0: no no end to what you could do within Ireland. You know. Yeah, I just want to to, to end this conversation, Pat, about um, uh, on on something that um, mm. uh, which is a, another documentary that you're currently working on, Michael Keegan-Dolan's "Mam." Um, mm. Yeah, I've mentioned it on "Make Me an Island" a few times. Uh, featuring the music of Cormac Begley, um, I was lucky enough to have seen it um, a couple of times. Uh, a very significant show, I think, um, as is all of Michael's work. But where did you come in with him, and and how did and with the project, ma'am? Yeah, I
1: think um, I think it was with Rean. I think uh, oh yeah. was there that that show with Lima Mainly was there, yeah. and uh, actually Cormac was in it as well. Yeah, I think I went to see that in the. Upper House, and I, 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 I in Cork, and uh, I just felt I found it very moving. I felt it was something that I hadn't seen before. Yeah, I, I, and I wouldn't have had any great knowledge about dance, but uh, but but you know, I, I, I having kind of you know, I suppose there is something in dance. That I think that is that, that I wanted to kind of explore. All right, and I, I think maybe Michael kind of provided. He was do, doing material that I found a way into it. I suppose because yeah. he again. It was like it was something he was going back to, kind of yeah. into tradition to kind of revitalise it, yeah. revitalise his own work as well, maybe, and uh, or find something a new way in. And it's to do with, I suppose, his approach to the way he the way he works, the process of working, of improvisation. And uh, I, I like that kind of thing. It's kind of the improvisation thing really interests me in terms of. Even my own filmmaking Is trying to Because actually When you're making The documentary Nearly everything Is improvising if you're, if, if you're You know You're interviewing somebody And you're trying To kind of Be as open To what people are saying And reacting to what People are saying And, yeah. and, and trying to I think it's to do With the The aliveness Of the moment I suppose You know That that mm-hmm. that you're that if you're Too prepared You're drifting through it And mm-hmm. if you're But if you're Really alive To what the other person Is saying yeah. Then then there's a, there, Again there's that Energy flow You know yeah. And yeah I remember trying that out actually with uh, certain documentaries where, you know, you're taught to kind of prepare, and then I was thinking actually, you know, I'm not going to prepare at all. I'm just going to go in, sit down opposite them, and, and kind of and knowing elements, but see where the conversation goes. Yeah. And it, it usually, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but I think that's what Michael's approach was, was very interesting for me was that yeah. um, was was that improvisation, but also the, the going. Like trying to trying to, with the Irish culture and modern dance, stuff. yeah, and because I, f- I kind of feel maybe that I'm trying to use a kind of a modern cinematic language, using kind of a tradition within Ireland, yeah, but trying to kind of do something in a in a, in a contemporary modern way, you know, sure, rather than yeah. trying to do something to play with the form and to bring to, yeah. it bring it
0: up to date or whatever. I'll,
1: yeah, I mean it's kind of, yeah, I mean that's kind of the way I, I feel about it, and so I, I suppose so Michael is a kind of you know he's he's i uh, was like 10 weeks in a room kind of working yeah. with improvising dance with 200 hours of footage and yeah. we we've only like 2 or 3 weeks to go but it's 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 i've i learned a huge amount uh, during it um yeah. just even in terms I, I feel much less fearful of kind of situations where you know where i don't know what i'm doing yeah, right. i'm kind of like I'm, I'm i'm you know in my work in going forward i think is going to benefit a lot from what i learned in the room you know right so in what terms you of mean, cor- in terms of courage yeah, in terms of just taking
0: uh, that step towards something and, yeah. and seeing what happens and, yeah. and or, or or instigating uh, you know some sort of uh, yeah
1: i mean i'd be very cautious and and kind of uh, reticent by nature i think and uh, and I think I, I kind of learned that I'm, I'm more. I, be, I think I'll be more prepared to kind of yeah. make a wrong step or, or, or prove uh, you know, or be just open to things happening. Yeah. You know. And I think that's that's
0: been very valuable for me. You know. It certainly seemed to have worked, Pat. But the, the so just on the point, I know you're you're still in the edit, so I don't want yeah. to freak you out at this point. But uh, <laughs> but okay. So I saw it from I saw it close up where I was quite close to the stage. Yeah. And I was. You know, zoning in on individuals or or, or, uh, duos, uh, duets, or uh, couples dancing, Um, and then I saw it at the back, and I saw the big picture. So, how are you getting on (laughs) with the bigger picture? Because I mean, his work is so visual, right? Yeah, it is really, and it's
1: kind of. I mean, that's what I I felt with Rain or maybe to Swan Lake. I think Uh, I felt I'd love to have gone ten nights and to look at a different dancer each night. You know, just just to concentrate on one dancer. Mm On the Monday night and the Tuesday night, look at a different dancer and just mm-hmm. watch them for the whole time. But um, it's—I mean, it's—it's a it's real—it's a tough nut to crack, really. Yeah. Just, and and to make it kind of accessible as well, because it's it's completely observational and it's complete. There's no interviews mm-hmm. with anybody really. We're
0: just we're purely. And do you get sorry? Do you get pictures from the show itself, or are you just in the we, rehearsals? I mean, do you, do you, do you, or do we see?
1: Well, we, we we've we we had about a hundred minutes up to the point of the opening night. And but like it has to come back from that, so we, we don't know. We don't actually. We haven't cracked yet. We have two okay. weeks to crack it, and yeah. we don't know what we're going to do with the whole show. We don't know how we're going to do it. Yeah, uh, we don't. I don't know how to do it. Justice is the trouble, you know. And uh, uh, so you so, don't want you don't want to be letting anybody down either, because yeah, you know th- those dancers gave everything, and Michael gave everything, and and uh, they were so open, and, and Cormac and the musicians, yeah. they were so open to kind of allow us film them. You know, kind of at v- very vulnerable times, you know what I mean yeah, very yeah they're they're in the middle of creating stuff, and they yeah. could you know they could appear foolish or you know what I mean it, it,
0: it's it's raw, like you know very raw, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so so um the uh, yeah, I suppose the thing is that you know, um the trust is everything in that respect, I suppose, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's I mean like,
1: it, it is. and I think again with, with michael, I, I think I I, uh, I I contacted him after Reen, and I met him for a cup of coffee yeah. someplace. and uh, in Galway, I think a couple of years later. And again, I didn't know why I was contacting him as such, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I was talking to him about um, different projects and I, I'm not sure what it was looking back, but I just, I knew, I, I felt I kind of wanted to do something with, with Michael or yeah. about him or not make a documentary about him, but maybe just kind of try to capture his process or something or, or maybe in the future work with him. I just, I felt that he had, um, I suppose, just as a kind of, he was doing interesting stuff and I wanted
0: to yeah. kind of to meet him and talk to him about it. Uh, Pat, at the point that you're at, this is my last question, but at the point that you're at about not knowing how it's going to end, right? Is Yeah. It, so how much of that is, do you do you realise and convince yourself and remind yourself that this is the exciting bit and how much of it is, oh Christ, what the hell bit, you know, as in intimidating and freaking you out? Yeah,
1: I mean, I, it's, it, I mean it's, it'd be great if you could really enjoy it, but, yeah, you know, I mean, I remember one documentary there. I, I remember like getting out of bed at five o'clock in the morning, and I was, there was a cow in the field. And I, I mean, we were actually really genuinely wanting to be the cow, just to, <laughs> <laughs> just to, so to stop thinking. You know what I mean? It's yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah. torturous thing of trying to work something out. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great looking back, and you, you you kind of enjoy the the work when it's finished and all that. But it's yeah. it's uh, it can get kind of yeah. torturous. But I I don't think it is. It's, I'm not at that stage really because. Like, Michael is doing the actual really creative stuff of kind of creating something out of nothing almost. Yeah. Improvising stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm following what's there, and I think yeah. it's it's a different... I feel like I'm more in the process of the craft yeah. of filmmaking with this yes. than, say, something like Song of Granite. Yes. Which well, is kind of where I'm actually trying to yeah, yeah, bring something yeah. out that's inside yeah. of me. Whereas I'm actually... It's it's more I'm trying to figure out the language of it. Yeah. I think Michael's work was the creative work and the dancer's work was the, was the real creative work. Yeah. Whereas this is... It's a it's a it's a documentary, an observational documentary. I have to figure it out. And myself yeah. and Keith Walsh, the editor, we're we're trying to figure it out. But it's it's more to do with craft and kind of yeah. being alive to it, definitely and mm-hmm. all that. But it's it's not coming out of me in the same way as something like yeah. say
0: Song of is I know, can't know. wait to, to see the results, Pat. And it's been such a pleasure talking to you. If you do find yourself uh Tempted to trade places with uh, members of the Bowline community. <laughs> Just take a step back. Um, I want to thank um, Joe and Ed, and here at the Kino, and thank Fran and so Thanks so much, Fran, and also um, um, Pat. Thanks to you and uh, and to my musical guest Elaine Howley. It's been such a pleasure having you, Elaine. And um, so signing off um, from Make Me an Island for this episode. Um, Elaine's going to play us out. Thanks again, everyone. <laughs> Thanks, Elaine. Beautiful.
2: Um, Lovely. Yeah. Thanks, Elaine.